This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Damian Lillard will be eligible uh, for a two-year, $107 million max extension next summer. Uh, Now, that would take him uh, to his 36th birthday under contract in Portland. He wants that extension. He has made it clear to the organization. and, And there's uncertainty whether the organization will want to commit to him on that because right now he's a very tradable asset but all of a sudden Dane Lillard uh in his mid-30s um as potentially the highest paid player in the league 55 million dollars uh in 2000 uh and 26 well that's a very different different deal to try to trade and Reckless speculation. The Wolves have lost like like four games in a row. It's reckless speculation Thursday. Mackie and Judd, Doogie from 5 Eyewitness News and also uh, the Scoop podcast. You know what? Damian Lillard fixes everything, dudes. Let's make it happen. All right. Let's go. Let's let's go to the Grand Slam level of reckless speculation here. Let's do it. Good morning, gentlemen. I mean, heck, I'm sure you have seen the Modelo commercial, right? The beer commercial. Mm -hmm. You know, Damian Lillard is some sort of warrior. So, yeah, sign me up. You know, I don't know what the heck it would take. It would take a lot. It would take Anthony Edwards. And I know that ESPN's, you know, proposed idea involving the Wolves, other teams did not involve Anthony Edwards. Best of luck trading for Damian Lillard. I will say, nobody bats an eye when talking about Chris Paul making, what, 45-ish million dollars, you know, in his mid-30s. Like, trust me, there are many teams that would happily pay Damian Lillard you know, $50 million when he's 35 or 36. He really doesn't have much of an injury history. Trust me, the trade market, you know, if Portland ever gets to that point, if Lillard ever gets to the point of saying, hey, get me out of here, trust me, Portland would have like 10 to 15 offers to choose from, and all those teams would have no problem extending him. So what would it take? Uh, Cat almost certainly would, would have to be included See, name-wise, I'd correct? Like to, I'd like to keep Ant, personally. Like, like literally, well, just anything else that you want for Dame. Ant plus Dame, and then whatever else. That's, that's what I If the starting want. point is Cat, though, like, like let's say the first name out of, of Sachin Gupta's mouth is Carl Anthony Towns. What would this trade take? Like, let's just go full reckless speculation. Let's take Ant out. What could you do to put together a package? Well, let's, okay, let's... Talk through this logically. If you're Portland, you yes. decide to move Lillard. Yes. I'm down. You are hitting the reset button. Yep. Why the heck do you want Carl Anthony Towns, okay. who's due another big contract in the short term? And oh, by the way, what makes you think that Carl Anthony Towns would be interested in staying in Portland long term? 
So if you're Portland, you are seeking something comparable to what New Orleans got for Drew Holiday, right? It's multiple first-round picks. It's multiple options to swap first-round positions. It's at least one good young player. So, yeah, I get it. You'd have to match the the money, but we're talking, you know, guys like McDaniels, Bomaro, the Wolves' 2022 first-round pick, the Wolves' 2024 first-round pick, the Wolves' 2026 first-round pick. Then the option for Portland to swap positions 2023 and 2025. That, to me, would be the starting point. Uh, the article, I think this is the one Declan found the other day, right? It's uh, yeah. it's uh, five big Damian Lillard trades we want to see the Blazers pursue. And it's uh, I know, it's NBA Insiders is the byline on ESPN.com. I think, I think Tim Bonitamps did the Wolves one. And Tim is good. He's really good. Mm-hmm. So the the Wolves are a Harden-esque deal from Minnesota. So he, here's what here's what they say. Hit the sounder. Here's what they say. Let's do this. Portland gets D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince, 2024 first-round pick, unprotected, rights to swap 2025 first-round picks, top one protected, 2026 first-round pick, top three protected, 2028 first-round pick, and uh, the Timberwolves would get Damian Lillard and Ben McLemore, presumably for salary reasons. So you'd be giving up, like, all of your every other year first-round picks until 2028, which, yes, like, if you if you have Ant and Damian Lillard and Carl Anthony Towns, you don't need a first-round pick really ever in the next five years. Um, how realistic is this? I don't I don't know, but it's interesting that this wound up on ESPN.com. Uh Tim Bontemps writes, it's difficult to see a deal the magnitude of one involving Lillard happening in the middle of the season with an interim GM in charge of the Blazers and the Timberwolves. Um, But then it goes on to say that the Timberwolves have one playoff appearance in 17 years, and they might as well do something to push this thing over the top. So I don't know. I mean, hey. It's on ESPN.com, okay? It's not like it's not like NBA trade <laughs> analysis.net or something. So I'm taking this as gospel. I don't know about you guys. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this much. Portland can do better than that, right? Like Prince's salary filler is an expiring contract. Portland doesn't want anything to do with D'Angelo Russell. So it's all those draft picks. But if you're able to maintain Jada McDaniels, Leandro Bomaro, and you get Damian Lillard to combine him with Cat. And Anthony Edwards, yeah, sign Suchin Gupta up for that. I mean, I do think Gupta does have some Rosas in him where he is going to go star hunting, at least inquire. Like, he wants to have his finger on the pulse of of some of these big transactions, even if he can't land said player. Like, he wants to know what the price is. And so, trust me, if it ever gets to that point, I can almost guarantee you Suchin Gupta will have dialogue with the new Portland interim president of operations, whatever his title is. Uh, last name Cronin. I mean, trust me, Suchin is going to reach out. But there just there isn't a sense. I saw Lillard on SportsCenter late last night with Scott Van Pelt. He hopped in with Mark Spears on a back and forth. You know, I mean, he doubled down on he wants to see this thing through, that it's still early, that there is a transition with new head coach Chauncey Billups. To bring this full circle, remember Chauncey Billups interviewed before Gerson Rosas got the hobo job. Chauncey Billups was in the mix to become the Wolves president of operations. So completely full circle, but Chauncey then went the coaching route, you know, coached under uh, Ty Lu, his his dear friend in, in Los Angeles, now has ascended up to head coach in Portland. But Lillard admitted, hey, it's going to take some time. I hope for, for the short term that Lillard plays on Sunday. There's a chance he's back on Sunday, 
when the Wolves play the Blazers because I love watching that guy play. So let's talk through this because I feel like – so this rumor keeps coming up. Like the Dame stuff keeps uh, – every time something happens with the Blazers, it comes back. Well, because they stink. Right, like right. they can't stop you, me, Declan, right. and Phil. But Dukes, yeah. I feel like that. I feel like this. This feels like the initial KG trade, where KG wanted to at first see things through, stay here. You know, I love mini. I want to be in mini or soda and blah blah blah. And it was the Wolves who eventually said, "We're so bad, <laughs> we're going to trade you." And then KG bought in, and it it worked out great. The Dame thing, guys, is starting to feel like that because, like, there's no way this would keep coming back up and up and up with really credible people, unless there was something behind the scenes being said by somebody important. But like, I don't think Woj would participate in these discussions if Woj was being told on background from both sides he's not being traded. Well, so, like, so- I don't know about both sides. I can tell you, you yep. know, Neil O'Shea who just got dismissed as Portland's president of operations, you know, like, you know, it's, it's known in, in league circles, like he'll talk, you know, not necessarily on the record, but he'll talk, you know? So yeah, I mean, undoubtedly Woj is getting information. I don't know how much he's getting from the Lillard side, but yeah, I think he's got a good working, you know, understanding of, of the last, you know, few years with, with Damien's situation there in Portland. I'll, you know, after 10 years, one Western Conference Finals appearance, like, this is what happens, Judd. Like, Giannis is the exception in Milwaukee. But, like, if you're a superstar, and I do think Damian Lillard is a superstar, top 75 player of all time, go up and down the list of accolades, he is a superstar. Like, you don't stay in one spot, a small market spot, for double-digit years without winning. And so that's why this thing is coming to a head, you know. And can I eventually see Lillard? Getting traded? Yeah, absolutely. I just don't know if we're quite to that point. You know, and as the as the ESPN story, you know, touched on, you know, more likely we're looking at something next summer, not necessarily before the mid-February trade deadline. So so that, that was fun. You know, just, uh, you know, head hit the pillow last night, dreaming of Damian Lillard in a Wolves <laughs> uniform. But I think the more realistic scenario, if the Wolves are looking at this thing and saying, all right, there's been some good things there's been some bad things the recent stretch of there's been some injuries lately too but you know their defense has been a disaster the last couple of games against Atlanta and Utah and so it's obviously not a perfect roster they have taken a step forward the more realistic path potentially maybe uh, even to an in-season trade is Indiana and Doogie you, you've been talking about Indiana going back to you know the end of last season and um, Shams is reporting as of a day or two ago that the Pacers are now, quote, receptive in trade dialogue on Lavert, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. Do you see a fit in season for the Timberwolves? Well, sure. I absolutely see a fit. So, you know, let's go one by one there. Lavert's former agent is a Timberwolves assistant general manager, Joe Branch. Now, positionally, is Lavert a fit? Probably not. But I can tell you, there is a huge Karis Lavert fan in the Wolves front office because his former agent, Joe Branch, is here as the Wolves assistant general manager. On Sabonis, Gerson Rosas inquired about Sabonis a couple summers ago. So that doesn't mean that, you know, nobody else, you know, uh, wants him, doesn't want him. But, you know, like the Wolves have made inquiries in the past on Sabonis. And trust me, there's, there's 
there's at least one other Sabonis fan in their front office. Now, do I think Indiana's trading Sabonis? I don't. I think the the most logical of the three that gets moved, now maybe it's Levert, but to me the most logical is Miles Turner. You know, Miles Turner just came out in a different athletic interview saying he's been underutilized. I just think it makes a lot of sense for Miles Turner, who can be a free agent after next season, so he's got a year and a half to go. You can maximize his trade value by moving him by that mid-February trade deadline. And undoubtedly, I can promise you, there are Miles Turner fans here in Minnesota. They will make the call if they haven't already made the call. The question is, you know, can they top? Okay, I think Golden State can present one heck of a of a package. I can go up and down the list of of a bunch of logical fits, but like Golden State to me would be right at the top. Can you trump the Warriors' offer? And, you know, another full circle, you know, the Warriors can offer Jonathan Kaminga, who they got because of the Russell-Wiggins trade, right, that they had that additional first-round pick last summer. You know, but if it's not him, Moody, you know, they can put James Wiseman on the table. They can put a future first-round pick on the table. Now, if Miles Turner goes to Golden State, I'm not quite sure if Indiana wants Golden State's first-round pick, if it's pick 28 or 29 in the next couple years. But the Warriors have the assets to make a Miles Turner trade. I think it would be tough for the Wolves to trump a Warriors offer. His contract is really good, too. Um, mm-hmm. he, he is making $17.5 million this season, next season, and then after 23, Dukes is an unrestricted. Uh, He's a heck of a player. In fact, I went back and forth with somebody that they used to work in the Pacers front office, just taking the temperature on Turner. Yep. He goes, I don't, think, I don't think people realize how good he is. And maybe that speaks to him saying, hey, I'm being underutilized. But, like, he's an excellent pick-and-roll defender, just an excellent overall defensive player. He can make the three, you know, but he can do some other stuff defensively, uh, offensively as well. I think he would be a good fit next to Cat, and I'm positive. The Wolves feel that way as well. I'm just telling you, I don't know if they can present the best possible offer. He can rim protect as well, correct? He can. Oh, yeah, he's... Because that's he's a what, block shot machine. But like, yeah, I mean, even in terms point. of just altering shots, yeah, he's he's excellent. Yeah, you'd be asking Cat, you know, to guard, you know, the opposition four. But hey, you know, like Utah last night had Bogdanovich on Cat, right? right. Like the opposition four is guarding Cat. So just right. have Cat. Now, you know, Utah is maybe not the best example because Bogdanovich isn't going to come into the lane very often. So you're going to have Cat, you know, guard the perimeter. But there's there's some different creative things they can probably do. We've seen that Elston Turner is a pretty darn good defensive coordinator. So he could scheme it. I'm just telling you, you know, short answer is Cat and Miles Turner undoubtedly could coexist. I think that would be one heck of a front court. Mm-hmm. Um, let's play let's play this ant clip here that Declan dug up from last night's game. This is this is really interesting. This is him talking about Carl Anthony Towns not going quick enough when he gets the ball in the post. And keep in mind, this is a 19, 20-year-old kid, barely you know, 82 games under his belt in his NBA career, talking about the star player on the team that's been in the league for seven years here. It's an interesting dynamic. So let's, let's play this real quick. I told Cat the best way to beat it. Um, you got to go quick. Um, I told him at halftime, like, you waiting on the double, like, you telling him, yeah, come double me. Now it's like you're the best player, best player on the floor. You, they take you out of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, then when they double you, they not rotating. They stand with me and making everybody else beat you. So 
I just told him, like, you got to go quick. Like, if you watch, and I told him this, like, he know I told him this. I'm like, if you watch Joel and B play, you have to double Joel and B. Like, <laughs> there's nobody in the league that can guard him. So, he goes quick. Like, you can't double him because he catches and goes quick. Like, so I told Cat, like, you catch the ball and, and you holding it. Like, you waiting for the double, like, telling him to come double me instead of just catching it and going. Like, they can't guard you. And I told him, like, it's disrespectful for them to put number 44 on bro. Like, that's disrespectful. So, yeah, he, he, he know. He know he got to kill all of them. Like, the best player on the floor every night. You got to kill him. This is really interesting for a few reasons. Now, number one, I, I don't think he's doing it maliciously. I think he loves Cat. I think they get along great. They seem to have great chemistry. So he's not doing it to, like, send a message or shove Cat under the bus. But the fact that you have a second-year guy, 20 years old, who's essentially, like, publicly saying, yeah, I'm telling Cat, like, he's got to do this, he's got to do this, to a seven-year veteran who's 26 years old. I just think that's an interesting dynamic. And it, I think it shows you that even Cat's teammates feel like, come on, guy, like, you're so talented, but, uh, dude, take a step here. Yeah, I mean, I wonder deep down how Cat feels about Joel Embiid's name coming up. Yeah. That had to get him going. Now, I will say, like, watching last night, I still don't think Cat is 100%. Like, that tailbone, you know, like, I don't know if he's at 75 85%. He did move better last night compared to Monday, but he's clearly not 100%. I also think he's still trying to figure out, and you're right, Phil, seven years in, how exactly will he be officiated, right? Like, if he goes fast, does he lower that shoulder? We saw it once last night. Bogdanovich takes the charge, right? Cat gets called for a lot of offensive fouls. That He's still trying to figure that part out. But, yeah, like last night, you know, Gobert is an excellent help defender, right? I mean, I thought it was genius for Quinn Snyder to devise the defense he did, although – a lot of teams are doing this against Cat, but, you know, you don't guard him with, with your five-man. You guard him with your four-man and have your five-man help. And Gobert is, is an excellent help defender, right? And so, yeah, that double was coming. And Cat did not shoot the ball enough the first three quarters. was a little bit more aggressive in the fourth. But, yeah, it is something that needs to be figured out. Chris Finch, brilliant offensive mind. It's on Finch to, to devise, you know, different schemes to get Cat you know, better looks, quicker looks, quicker opportunities to get to the basket. So there is truth in what Anthony Edwards was saying. We're also seeing before our very eyes. We see it almost every post game. But Anthony Edwards is is the alpha on this team. You know, like he's the leader. He's developing into that. Maybe he's not quite that this second. He's not the MVP. Heck, the MVP so far has been D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, when he's gone, they, they can't function. Him. They can't function when he's gone. Yeah, yeah I mean, look at the two Clippers games. You know, look at Monday, look at last night, you know, so they need D'Lo back. Like D'Lo might have to play at 80%, like just fight through this ankle situation because they miss him dearly. Both ends of the court, by the way, he's been a good defensive player. I don't know if he can maintain it, but he's been good on the defensive end. But yeah, I mean, it's on Finch to find different ways to get Cat, you know, touches early in the game. And it's on Cat, you know, to find different ways to to avoid, you know, picking up those those offensive fouls because you still want him taking a lot of shots. Like, he's the best shooter statistically on the team. Like, a lot of guys are shooting below their career averages, not Cat. Like, Cat's been their best shooter so far this year. So you want Cat to take more shots. But I'm telling you, I think he's trying to figure out, okay, like, how do I make this initial move without the defender, you know, going down to the ground, potentially flopping? Like, how do I avoid? Because the officials are looking for it. How do I avoid picking up that offensive foul?
So there's two things uh, with that because it's frustrating. Is is Cat is now in what year seven? Year seven. Oh, yeah. okay. The fact that he hasn't figured out that going into the, the lane and loping down the lane like a, a gazelle that's in pain and then falling to the floor and looking for the call isn't going to work is maddening. Like that. That's the thing is is part of this is squarely on him because his style of I got fouled, and officials now call fouls on him. Um, the, he needs to readjust his thinking and and at times, first of all, quit falling in these, because he does it on purpose now, quit falling in these elaborate, oh, my God, look at me. I'm down, and yeah. I'm not getting a call. He needs to be more, like, su- is, he needs to be more subtle in his attempts yeah. to draw fouls. Yes. But he also just needs to be tougher about the fact that sometimes he's not going to get the calls, but he almost introduces calls against himself through his own theatrics, and it's maddening to watch because it's not necessary. If this was year two, I'd be like, Clean that up. It's year seven, dude. Figure well, it out. It's not the that thing hard. too, Judd is look at the numbers. He actually gets calls. He really does. Like he's near the top in the league in in fouls called. You know, on on the opposition. You know, guarding him. Like just look at it. He's not number one or number two, but he's near the top of the list. So he actually gets more calls than I think a lot of people realize. But he wants every call. That's the problem. But you're right about the theatrics. He wants every call, and heck, he's got a reputation. We'd be mm-hmm. kidding ourselves if we don't think these officials, yeah. you know, ref these guys, you know, based on on past history and experiences with a lot of these guys. And if it's a 50-50 type call, they're going to side one particular way when a guy has established a reputation. And unfortunately, Cat has a reputation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Dukes, let's go uh, rapid fire scoops. What else? What other non-Timberwolves things do you have in the bag for us on this Reckless Speculation Thursday? Well, you want some Reckless Speculation. Parker Fox. So he undergoes ACL surgery in May. He was dunking pregame last night. Now, you know, just standing there jumping, dunking, but it points to the progress he's made. Now, I can tell you going back to mid-May, I connected with him at his house in Matamidi. The plan then was take the red shirt this year, then have two years of eligibility remaining. So I still think it would be uber aggressive for him to return sometime in January or February. But the point is, he has made unbelievable progress recovering from ACL surgery. And I can't help but think if you had him and you had Isaiah Enan, you know, maybe this team could win six or seven Big Ten games. I still think they're going to win some Big Ten games. Like if you had asked me, you know, four weeks ago, I would have told you two or three max. I'll now go above that. Like I think I saw enough. Last night against Michigan State, saw enough in the in the win in Pittsburgh last week, the win at Mississippi State, that this team is capable of winning five or six Big Ten games. I know that doesn't excite a lot of people, but based on the progress on the recruiting front, they had a bunch of recruits at the game last night, including a couple kids from Lakeville North that they're after, including Trevor Winter's son, the former gopher, Nolan Winter. He's one of the best players in the state in the class of 2023. I think we are going to see Ben Johnson, Dave Thorson, land the best Minnesota players class of 2023 and 2024. They'll bring in some some national recruits as well. I just think they're maniacs on the recruiting front. So, like, if anybody, for whatever reason, is down on the Gophers after last night's loss, don't be. Like, last night was super encouraging. And just the totality of these eight games so far 
super encouraging. I really, really like what I've seen from Ben Johnson's team. Tom Izzo was, was very complimentary, too. Went out of his way. Now, you know, Tom does that on occasion, but he wasn't prompted. Like, it was, you know, him stream of consciousness just saying, hey, I need to give Ben, you know, some love. And so, you know, I mean, Tom still has a great relationship with Ryan Saunders. I can tell you, Ryan loves Ben Johnson, thinks the world of Ben Johnson. Ryan's checked out, you know, some Gophers practices, and, and he watches the games, or he's at the barn. He's been to the barn for at least one game. So that might filter a little bit through Ryan. You know, but Tom knows what the heck he's talking about. He realizes that Ben is fully worthy, fully capable of doing this job. Big crowd last night too, right? Yeah, well, I mean, better. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't sold out. You know, they, they did some different, you know, ticket giveaway type things. And, you know, I mean, they were trying to get as many bodies in the barn last night as possible. But it was a great environment. And, Judd, I've always said this. Like, my favorite, just my opinion, but mm-hmm. my favorite – venue in town to watch a game when it's rocking mm-hmm. is Williams Arena. Like, oh, yeah. Give me the Great. barn over anywhere else. I love it. And so we may not necessarily see it this season, but just wait a little bit. I, I think I think Ben and his staff can can elevate this program above where Patino had it, certainly. I know most people are going to be consuming this probably after the Vikings game or leading up to it, but Dalvin Cook playing 11 days after dislocating his shoulder and there's been a couple, you know, like like the PFF uh, injury expert came out and said, "Yeah, this seems like a bad idea. This is something. This is the type of injury that you could do even more damage, and like it just seems problematic. Kind of, to me, it kind of seems desperate. But they are desperate. They're five and seven. You know, they have to win. So I don't know, man. I I think it's karma for Judd trying to get a layup and write that down too by predicting he'd miss two games. Well, I will say this much." If you talked to people close to the situation on background, Monday, November 29th, Tuesday, November 30th, a day or two after the injury in San Francisco on November 28th, Phil, they would have told you to a man, he was missing two games. Like best case scenario, he'd be back for that Bears game on December 20th. So I am shocked with a dislocated shoulder that it's trending in the direction of of him playing. Now, maybe he's used more as a decoy like Aaron Jones with the Packers a couple weeks ago, you know, but even so, you know, at some point, if he's out there, he's going to take a hit. Like I, I'm floored and I get it. He's a different breed. He's a different animal. Like he's been pushing to play. They can do some things to to protect the shoulder, but I just, I can't believe 11 days later, he's actually going to get out there. To me, it seems nuts. And the player will always push to play. Like the, this is how well, I'll give you an example. Adam Thielen was actually trying to push yeah, to play. You Josh. have to say no. I'm telling you, it's a borderline grade two, grade three sprain. Yeah. Like, that's many, many weeks. Yet, we've seen they're not putting him in IR. So, they think Thielen will be back here in the next week or two. But, like, I'm told Adam was actually trying to push to play today. Mm. Well, the team the team has to say no. And he's out. We know he's out. But I'm just saying, like, these guys are just – they're different animals. They really are. Right. But the, that's where the team has to step in and say, Correct. no, you are not, you are not set to play. We do not yes. want to do permanent damage. I, I heard Mike um, Zimmer's pushing to actually play. coach in the fourth quarter defensively too. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> oh boy. That was the type of cheap shot that gets going north of bad rap. And, did you guys see, by the way, because you referenced, did you guys see, because you referenced the Damian Lillard ESPN insider, you know, information. Did you see the Jeremy Fowler ESPN uh, that's insider? A good, that's a good segue. We're, we're, we're going to get into that after we say goodbye to you. It's very, uh, very interesting stuff right. there. Uh, I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll leave you with this, and and hopefully there's some carryover with the audience. Uh, the scenario he laid out with General Manager Rick Spielman 
Yeah. Makes a lot of sense to me. Yes, it does. I'll leave it at that. Yes. All right. That's inside information about your favorite local sports teams. He is Darren Doogie Wolfson, the scoop master on Reckless Speculation Thursday. Thanks, Dugs. And Kirk Sharaka, now that it's official, he's been recruiting. He was in South Dakota yesterday connecting with their quarterback, Jacob Knuth. He'll be their quarterback signee for for the 2022 class. He's recruiting wishbone wishbone offense. Keep the wishbone offense. Let's keep going. All right. See you, Dukes. All right. See ya. All right. Reckless speculation Thursday. We are going to get into this juicy nugget from Jeremy Fowler on the Vikings in a second. Overrated. Yeah. Overrated quarterback based on his pay and the amount of money that they gave him and him not doing anything that advances them where they thought when they got him from Washington. I would say just rate it from public sentiment. Like, every, everybody in the public this knows. It's not what, about sentiment. I know, but everybody knows what Kirk Cousins is just because they paid him. That's on them. He's a little overrated. Well, you know what that is. He's a little they overrated. Paid Kirk, him, Cousins, overrated. Kirk Cousins flashes in a way that make people think he's better than just an average starting quarterback, but he's just an average starting quarterback. All right, that was a, that was a debate on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, which you can hear on Score North Radio in the Twin Cities AM 1500. And uh, this is Reckless Speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd. Reckless Speculation. To those who celebrate. (laughs) And it's presented. We've got some juicy stuff here from Jeremy Fowler, insider for ESPN, about the Vikings. But uh, this Reckless Speculation session is presented by the Score North app, where we're giving away winter classic tickets. January 1st, Wild Blues. Today's code words. Here's what you do. You You go on the app. You go to Listener Rewards, and then you can enter once every day this week with different code words. And today's code word is Dean, as in Dean Evison, as in NHL Coach of the Year to be uh, Dean Evison and his facial expression. So Dean is the code word entrant. You'll have a chance to go to the Winter Classic, courtesy of, of us here. We're in a, in a generous mood. So, boys, Jeremy Fowler, who's a friend of the show. He used yeah. to be a Vikings beat writer for the Pioneer Press like 10 years ago, and yeah, he's been good. an insider at ESPN. And uh, he's speculating on coaching and front office changes in an ESPN.com article. He's looking ahead the next few weeks. And he writes, three double-digit win seasons have kept Mike Zimmer in Minnesota for eight years, but the shine is starting to wear off. People close to the organization, I, I love that, People close to the organization, mm-hmm. people hiding in the bushes outside. A Just janitor. Peeking over the top. Head chef. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, he's probably got sources higher up than the head chef, but uh, we'll you never know. Yeah, yeah. The head chef. You got to start chef somewhere. Knows head chef knows a lot. All the bodies are buried, okay? Yeah. Don't discount the head chef. People close to the organization are wondering whether sweeping changes will happen this offseason. Whispers persist that Mike's hard-charging style has affected the locker room. I think that's obvious based on, uh, like, Blake Barrett's is the agent for Adam Thielen and I think multiple Vikings players, and he goes on a Twitter rant a month ago about the coaching and stuff. So, yeah, I think players are probably venting to people. That style works when you win. The defense, Long Zimmer's signature, has fallen to 26th overall in yards per play allowed, and the loss to the winless Lions might punctuate the spiral. Rick Spielman's case is complicated by his tenure. He's overseen personnel for the Vikings and the Wilfs since 2006, and the roster isn't considered bad, though the secondary has fallen flat. One idea floated from a league official. Spielman moves into a cushy senior front office role, handing over personnel to a new general manager. 
Wilf could respect him enough to keep him around in that senior role. Jeremy Fowler, your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I think it's an interesting, to start with the Spielman angle, I think it's an interesting uh, thought process to go down. So basically what you're saying is you would do what Denver did with Elway, who, who of course is a Hall of Fame quarterback from the Broncos past, then became their GM and now has that cushy role. He's like the VP uh, of football ops or you know, something, yeah, something like but, that. But I mean, it's it's a title, right? George Payton now makes the decisions. He probably goes and knocks on John's door and shoots the breeze, but that's about Talks it. Talks about the 90s and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know what? That actually makes a ton of sense. Uh, and I wonder if Fowler got that from somebody who mm. really knows what they're talking about. Because I could see that. I, I mean, clearly, Rick's been there since 2006. Now, he got the GM job after the 3-13 the and 13 debacle. But that speaks volumes to how the Wilfs felt about him then. They went 3-13 and 13 and and kept Rick and promoted Rick. So I could completely see that. My one thing would be, are we sure that Rick is going to be far enough away from the decision on the coach and QB then? Because, and I would be, I would hope that the new GM would have total control of that. I really don't want Rick's hand in, in the quarterback, especially just because I don't trust him one bit. Um, but yeah, that, that I hadn't given that one much thought, but I actually think that that makes as much sense or more than firing Rick because Rick has been there. And and I know uh, fans are going to say, well, come on, if he's not going to have the GM job, just fire him. It's been, and there's, I disagree. Yeah. But, but that's not really how the Wilfs work too. And this would be a way to, to take a guy who's been clearly loyal and a good employee for a long time. Uh, keep him, promote him out of out of football decision making duties, and and then bring in a young GM to to hire the coach, potentially draft a quarterback. Most importantly, too, or as importantly, make a decision on Kirk for 2022 going yeah. forward. So yeah, I you know what I think Jeremy Fowler probably has very good sources who are whispering to him about I love the whispers man like he and and he's kind of you know like Adam Schefter is like the godfather of ESPN's football scoops and then they I think they still have like Ed Werder over here and so so Jeremy Jeremy's but Jeremy's a really good reporter that maybe does and they also have like Diana Rossini who Declan has just been in love with for years I think Fowler I think I No, I am. I am. I'm not hiding from it. No, I am. I, yeah, am. I am. I'm in. I'm in love. <laughs> I, I, sense... I, I'm in love with uh, what's the other guy? Dan uh, Graziano. That's okay. my guy. Right. Yeah. The, yeah I'll take good. Diana. You can get Dan. <laughs> Jeremy Graziano. All all the those guys are are like if if Shefty is the the Pope. I feel like the, the Cardinals. Are Cardinals yeah. exactly right? So, like, they bring something, <laughs> but but Fowler, there's no question, still has sources here. So that makes sense. I could see it, and as long as Rick is out of the kitchen, I think it works. So, all right, I think people are too hard on Rick Spielman. I don't think he's perfect. I think what happens is GM makes mistakes, and you know, without context and comparing one GM's mistakes, you know, like your GM as a fan's mistakes to the mistakes that all kinds of GMs make. You just say, well, he's made mistakes. Look at the first round picks that he's whiffed on. He's garbage. He should be fired. Or, well, he's been here for this long and they haven't won a Super Bowl and therefore he should be fired. I love the way that Fowler painted this because I 
I don't think there's any chance in the world that the Wolves fire Rick completely, fire Zim completely, and clean house. Like, a lot of people want them to just clean it all out. They're not a two-win dumpster fire, okay? Be careful cleaning out. Now, I think the Vikings should aspire to win a Super Bowl, and they should have their sights set higher than what they've achieved in the last 10 or 15 years. But it's really risky to just clean out a bunch of good but not great people and start over. So if you can sort of do like a partial clean out, Rick Spielman has has done very well keeping this roster competitive at worst. And sometimes even like 2017 where the roster is, you know, one of the four or five best rosters in the NFL. And they had a backup quarterback that sat in the car and uh, and drove it to you know Philadelphia for the NFC Championship game. So I like the idea of him still being involved. He, I mean, think about rounds like two and three through six. Like, there's been a lot of great hits. Involved. I, I but, don't. But Judd, involved. you're going to clean the whole thing out and start over like that. That like you're going to whiff on somebody. Oh. You're going to whiff on somebody, and to dismiss Rick Spielman like he's garbage and terrible at yeah, his job I'm, is I'm is asinine. Mm, but he can't be so. Bill Belichick whiffs on walking, picks. Sure, sure. But the fine line that you're going to walk here is you cannot have him involved in the most important decisions. Well, that's why you bring some, like you, you would bring someone else quarterback in and coach. Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to have a fifth round pick, I'll go ask him um, here. I want him going out and giving speeches on behalf of my team, uh, stumping for um, the Vikings is fine, but I would rather have, if you tell me that he's going to try and sneak into the kitchen, I would rather have him gone. I just think that Fowler's probably right. The Wilfs won't. Um, but to get this team where it needs to be, you need fresh sets of eyes across the board. And if Rick is there saying, you know, on 2012, we did this and it was great. I'd be like, Rick, that's fantastic. That's all. That's awesome. But I want a fresh set of eyes and a fresh voice. So let me ask you two questions here as we sort of parse apart like the pie chart of Vikings purgatory here. Mm-hmm. Let's say you, I gave you two options, and I'm not saying that these are the only two options that will be available, but just play along with me here. You could, do you think if you gave Mike Zimmer better players that he would, that, that let's say you say, all right, Mike, listen, man, we believe in your coaching style and your philosophies on offense and everything. We feel like Rick has failed you. If you found a better GM to give Mike Zimmer a better roster, how do you think the Vikings would fare? Similarly, or do you, or do you, like, or do you think they would take right a big now you're step? Saying? Mm-hmm. No. As opposed to the other that, way around. Cool. As opposed to the other cool. way around. If you said, all right, Rick, we believe in your, listen, you're not perfect, but... We, we're going to keep you, Rick. We feel like Mike is holding everything back because he's stuck in the late 90s. So we're going we're mm-hmm. to keep you, Rick, and we're going to get you an offensive-minded whiz, you know, somebody that can maybe work with Kirk even more and whatever. Because mm-hmm. I actually think, I, I think both Rick and Mike have plenty of flaws that prevent the Vikings from being as good as they could over the last eight years. But I think coaching and philosophy have become a bigger problem in the last three years than roster construction. I agree completely. But here's the problem. Both of them have have flailed now enough where where I think the game has passed them both by in different ways. And so that's why I need younger people who understand things. Like Rick doesn't 
when when I say that I don't want Rick involved in the most important decisions that involve trying to win games, that's a huge problem too. So I think you I think you're right on both ends. And so if I kept Mike, no. I mean Mike is still going to Mike wakes up resenting quarterbacks and hating offense. It's in his DNA. Yeah, it's a problem. That's who that's who he is, but I mean that's what makes him Mike. So so like like for me to go to Mike and say you got to change your thinking Mike. Um it's not going to happen. And and it's not fair. He was hired because of how he is wired and at the time it worked out because Rick but you have to work from the standpoint of when Rick made that hire. He did so basically acknowledging I can't find a quarterback. So what can I do? I want to stop them. And you know what? Damn it for a a while it worked out really good so this this is why i am not this is a no fault divorce i am not in any way saying you have done a terrible job and you deserve i am saying that this is this is the family that moves into a small house and it's a dog and mom and dad and then they have a kid and the house gets smaller but they love this house and then they have a second kid and they got to move to a bigger house they don't hate their house they just have to upgrade. The Vikings have to upgrade. Let's look at a cross-sport example. Look at the Minnesota Wild from 08 to 2019 with Chuck Fletcher. Okay, a good team, not a great team. A general manager who went for it. A general manager who made big-time contract signings. And the Wild were never horrible and were never able to bottom out. But Fletcher, on one hand, was really aggressive and made trades the deadline to appease fans, to appease ownership, to get little bit pushes here to maybe get them an extra push in the playoffs. Now, at the end of the day, you look at his body of work and you'll say, oh, well, they had eight consecutive runs in the postseason. That's pretty solid, but never to a conference final. Never, You were never able to take that next step up. So they gutted him. They bring in Paul Fenton. Fenton tries to tear things down. It turns out Paul Fenton is one of the, the worst people to ever deal with, but he had an idea in place that this isn't going to work. But under Chuck Fletcher, he built a solid roster. As much as we always love to rip the Granlin and Nino and Coyle, those were good players. Those were good players, but they weren't able to rise up enough and make the, make the wild an elite team. And ownership recognized that a change had to happen. So they blow out Chuck. Now Bill Guerin has his fingerprints on it. It looks like the wild are trending towards hopefully knock on wood being a cup contender for years to come. But they had to make that calculated risk that Fletcher's, we've always been good with Fletcher. Is it going to be even worse? And I think the Vikings have to have a similar conversation. Yeah. The other thing, too, like the Wilfs, I think, have really preached stability. Like they really, you know, they, Judd talks about how they idolize the Bill Parcells era giants and they don't want to be an ownership group that just makes changes to make changes. Like the Jets and the Lions and the Browns have like, you know, 15 head coaches over the last 20 plus years. And so, you know, Rick has been a mainstay for 15 years. They've gone through some coaches, but Zimmer's been around for eight years. It's basically Childress for four plus, and then it was they they, they took a messed up with Frazier, and then it's Zimmer. So it's like there's been some stability, but stability isn't something. I think some people think, well, if you provide stability, then that will lead to championship success, and I don't think so. Think about the most successful, stable the franchises that really, uh, you know that are the most stable historically in the NFL. Like the Steelers have stability. They've had three coaches in like 40 years. Right, because they go to and win the Super Bowl every so often. It's been about been about 10 years since they've been to a Super Bowl, but they're not just like hanging on to Bill Cowher for 15 years. No, Bill Cowher 
is right was regularly winning 10 11 9 10 11 games and then popping up into an AFC championship game and then going to a Super Bowl and then winning a Super Bowl. You know, the Giants lately have been kind of a train wreck, but you know, they would have let go of Tom Coughlin if they didn't pop in 2007. You earn stability by contending on that championship level. You know, the Packers, you know, they haven't won a title in 10 years, but they're going to the NFC Championship game on a regular basis, right? So, you don't you don't just provide stability for the sake of providing stability. You stability is earned through performing at a championship caliber level in my mind anyways. And what saved uh Coughlin's job what saved it was Super Bowl championship like he was on the precipice of being fired by the Giants and and had a clear um sit down come to Jesus um gathering with his players ownership and he come he came back and won a a freaking championship and so like in Zimmer's case this was sort of going to be that year possibly well like okay okay 2021 expectations internally were absolutely huge can you come back and win a championship and you know right now and i know guys have been hurt but everybody has injuries right now the answer is definitively no and you know you've lost a bunch of close games which are games in a season like this which you 1000 percent need to win i don't care if it's bad luck if you're not good what the combination is so, so, and the Wilfs are at the end of the day frightened, Phil, by what we talk about a lot, which is they are frightened by that three and 13 year, you know, went a long way towards them. You yeah. know, like, this is a disaster. This is no fun. I take my buddies to the, you know, they, they fly, I fly in from Jersey to go to the games and this is awful. And my friends don't like this team and blah, blah, blah. But that's all well and good. But at some point in time, when you've gone through what the Vikings have gone through, you have to pull the plug and say, how can we reset? And and I think it's very important to continue to point out that this team is not in necessarily if things are done right for a long rebuild. This team has the potential with a lot of the personnel that they have right now to be very competitive very quickly again, if you do things right. And I just think it's become clear. You don't have the right coach for sure. And the GM as well to find that coach to put the formula together to get this thing back on track, which could be very quickly. Yeah. Is there any scenario for you guys at all where you'd bring Mike Zimmer back next year? Dex, is there, is there anything? You have to get to a Super Bowl. You literally have to run the table and get to a Super Bowl. I think, I think, well, I think if you got to the NFC Championship game somehow, yeah. I think, I think they would bring him back, but sure. I wouldn't. I don't want to. I, I'm just trying to picture like what does this team this team would look totally different if like if they flip that switch somehow it would it would it would be a different universe right mm-hmm. like they would have to roll off multiple wins in a row against great teams even to to get there but that's kind of what we're talking about like you you literally have to flip a switch and find a new level that you haven't shown in years at all under Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer you know well I know they beat the Saints in a playoff game but that's yeah. that's not the bar yeah. That's not the bar here. No, and there's no, no, you know what? I, it's run its course. There is, there is, if, if you got to a Super Bowl with Mike, I would sit down with Mike and say, that was an unbelievable. You're still firing him if you get playoff to. <laughs> run. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the opportunity to resign. You'll get a job. Like if you get to a Super Bowl, you'll get a job in a second. 
I mean, and on my guess is a head coaching <laughs> job. It's run, it's run its course. I, but I mean, I say that with no malicious intent. I'm not being a jerk about this. Like, how much more do we need to see that it had run its course after 2019? By the way, ESPN is showing right now. So many Viking stuff. They're showing the, uh, you know, 11 games decided by eight points or less. And the uh, and I, I don't have the volume up, but it, that's always painted as the Vikings are a lot better than their record indicates because look how many close games they've lost. No, it's like, wait, not. like it's not... You, you don't get to brag about losing close games. Like that's well, you're not just that's not just blind luck that you're losing those close games. So let's stop with that. And you also can't be you cannot be a defensive first prided team and be thirtieth. Sorry, yes. it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Like like you can't. They are hanging their hat on something that they're not good at. Sorry, yeah. I, I, I'm just out. All right. Let's get to some old tweets exposed Let's here. Let's do it Every here. single Thursday, Reckless Speculation Thursday, and old tweets exposed. These old tweets, the Declan pulls from the archives, are presented by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Oh, we might need insurance for yep. our Twitter accounts after these embarrassing ones here. Federated's been around for over 100 years, providing peace of mind and risk management tools and resources to business owners across the state of Minnesota. So find out how they can help your business at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. We got Dex. All right. We'll start off with Judd and then myself and we'll go to Phil. But Judd and I have a couple of uh, Minnesota Wild takes I'd like to bring to the table here. General manager takes, roster takes. Let's go with Judd on January 16th, 2020. Yeah, Donato has to play. I'm with you, and if I'm Garen, oh, I move no. Hartman oh. before the deadline oh, just no. to force Donato onto the ice. A playoff spot and points are no not important this season. Learning about the next core group is the oh. only goal. I will say the second part. The was second right. part's accurate. Yeah, but you wanted Ryan Donato uh, no. to play no. so Hartman, bad. No, that's a well. And Hartman moved. That's a great one. Oh, <laughs> Billy, God, Billy, 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 Billy. I'm so sorry. Hartman's on his third team since you've tweeted this, and Ryan Hartman is now exploding onto the scene. So Donato was on third team, right? Yeah. Third team. He's with Seattle. He's with Seattle. He's cracking. Yeah. He's got five goals. He's got five goals. I think he scored their first goal ever. I think that is correct. First cracking goal ever. But no, that is a great one, Dex. I lead right now. I mean, Hartman's like, he's been like one of their three best players so far this season. It was a ridiculous take. That's awesome. How old is Hartman? He's not that old, right? No. 26 or something. He's not. Old, yeah, he's twenty seven. Yeah, he's he, he uh, came in the league pride. right away, and yeah. All right, well, Oof, that's pretty bad. Wow. That's pretty bad. Oh, good good job, Dex. That was right. good find. Well, this one I good have to find. go uh, seven years back to two thousand fourteen from me. Five more years of Charlie. Charlie. Woo. Go coil, but really go oh, Fletcher. Wow, man. just lauding, just lauding the Chuck Fletcher take. Lauding the and Chuck the, Fletcher. So the contract for Charlie. Charlie. Woo. 4.05 p.m. I don't know what day of the week this was. I wasn't Ooh. drunk yet. I can't I can't confirm that. But I I, I think I don't think no, I was drinking yet. No, you, you spelled and punctuated right. Shockingly. I think you were fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a yeah, who's writing that tweet? Yeah, for it you? wasn't me. <laughs> wow. I was trying to compliment Dex. I, I think I still lead because I did say let's trade a guy who's you, great. Yeah, he's been one of the best players on the team. I mean, Declan did yeah. go. Declan Declan praised a GM that he ripped earlier in the like. In he the literally show. ripped the same GM like five yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm just saying I'm gonna fall on this sword until we see uh, the Macadac. All right, old Macadac. After uh, Declan took his big L last week against the Lions, uh, 
the Vikings will blow out the Lions. What is everyone worried about? Let's go back to uh, a couple days for Halloween night against Cooper Rush oh, and the Cowboys. Oh, no. This is completely misplaced fear. All right. First of all, if Cooper Rush plays <laughs> I love in this how game, you ask the questions and then correct the question. The well, answer. No, no, yeah, I'm going to critique your answers. Uh, if okay, if Cooper Rush starts this game, it is a wrap before the game starts. Vikings roll <laughs> if Cooper Rush starts this game. The Cowboys are waving the white flag in this game. If Cooper, this is a home game for the Vikings. The Vikings have the best pass rush in the NFL. They're going to. By the way, if Dak Prescott starts the game and he can't move, he's going to have problems. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Back to Seattle, Mackie goes. Wow. Mackie is not coming back to Minneapolis. You know, mine was bad. Mine was bad, but you just brought a clip. Oh my gosh. I had I had some people in the YouTube comments section after oh early this week saying yeah. you have to find that one for Mackie to get even with Dex after his Lions take, and I said, oh okay, I can oh, find that. So the listeners actually helped me out with old tweets and pros on that one. I forgot that I said that. But, I was uh, I was onto the next take right a, away. A wrap. Forgot that I said that. It was a wrap if he takes the field. It, you know what? This is one of those situations where I was right and they failed. Okay. The Vikings right. failed you, the Hold audience. This they is, failed the state of Minnesota. Okay, I was right. Game. That game should have been a wrap because Cooper <laughs> Rush was playing. They were waving the white flag, and you refused to walk through the door. Shame on the Vikings. Mm. I'm going to recuse myself from this trial, and it's going to be a jury of one. Declan, who wins? Because... Mine's terrible, but that's that's bad. I'll take that's the L here. Yeah, I'll take the L here. here. I'll take the L here. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong? I pretty much every day. Yeah, Brian <laughs> Hartman. I wanted him just given away. <laughs> My God. Oh man! Speaking of Ryan Hartman, you can watch him at the Winter Classic on right. January first at Target mm-hmm. Field. So we're giving away Winter Classic tickets through the Score North app. You just have to enter, and you can enter up to five times this week. One, there's a new promo code every day to enter in the listener reward section. Dean is the code word today. Dean, D-E-A-N, as in Dean Evison. All right. Well, Vikings, Steelers, tonight, Ventline. No, Check it out right after the game is over on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Uh, wild play tonight too, don't they? Nine thirty. Yeah, yeah. Late it's night start time. in San Joe's. Yep. Okay. So got that going for us as well. All right, dudes. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. A little feedback Friday and some probably some statements after a fun night of sports here, and some probably Judd Jud drinking surly throughout the night here, depending on what happens. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's only eleven a.m. as we're recording this. Judd's gonna start getting after day drinking, day drink, yep. pregame nap. Get on vent line, <laughs> start again. Time. Tailgating time. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow, Mackie and Judd. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their mizzle collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.